Present Tense Podcast. In May of 2018, after I'd finished the first season of Present Tense, I was thinking about stories that should be told, stories that I could tell via the podcast. I reached out to Janice Barrett of Wild South to ask about recording stories from the people involved in saving the Bankhead National Forest I didn't know a whole lot more than that at the time, but it occurred to me that the stories of what I came to call the Bankhead Movement should be collected as an audio archive, in addition to being a present tense series. The stories could serve as an inspiration for the people of Alabama, who were often hoodwinked by politicians and corporate interests whose decisions are made for financial gain and their own self-enrichment, leaving both the people and the land in worse and worse condition. Janice liked the idea, and so did Wild South. Wild South offered to collaborate, and over the next year, Janice and I sat down with 12 of the core group of folks from the movement, and we recorded their stories. The process was such an honor to listen to the men and women whose deep connection to wildness led them to fight for a fundamental change in U.S. Forest Service policy in the Bankhead National Forest, to hear the heart and fire and conviction to hear how they were threatened by people who had been led astray deliberately by the same corporate interests who wanted to destroy what was not theirs to begin with. It is not a stretch to say this. These men and women saved the Bankhead National Forest from destruction. In this final episode of the Present Tense podcast series, the fight for Alabama's last wild places. Conservationist and artist Tara Manasco names six of the central warriors of the Bankhead movement who died before this project was recorded. They are Jean Bagwell, Alex Weeks, Rusty Manasco, Bobby Gillespie, Jim Manasco, and Charles Kennedy. Tara speaks for them, 
because they are silent. A World War II veteran and a beloved protector of his people in the forest, one who kept the fire and protected ceremonial space so that the Blue and Deer clans could sing a new world into being. Donadan Gohai, until we meet again. Alex Weeks, when Indian Tomb Hollow was first desecrated by Clearcut, he was knee-high to a grasshopper, a tiny fellow who felt the hurt deep in his young heart. He joined us in the dances, ceremonies, and testimony, and did so with a bright, powerful hope and shining medicine that only a child can bring. His kind heart had few filters, and the world knocked him around sometimes but he always got back up, and his kindness and good nature outshone all hardships. We watch his legacy unfold now in his children, Bentley and Lexi, as they carry his beautiful medicine mixed with their own forward into a bright future. Until we meet again. Rusty Manasco tall and quiet, with a gentle grace and a fierce need to protect others. Rusty was our fireman, the one who built the fire and cared for the grandfather stones and watched over it all so that others could be in ceremony. His gentle heart had no filters, and because of that, the world hurt him every day, and the pain of others was almost unbearable for him. He was a champion of underdogs and lost causes, and he never gave up on anybody. He was both my brother and my friend. Donadan Gohai, until we meet again. Bobby Gillespie, so many memories. A quiet presence puffing thoughtfully on his pipe as he listened carefully to others. In that quiet, a lingering power a kind and easy spirit that made him a great leader of the Blue Clan. He never talked when he could listen. He never shouted when a firm hand on the shoulder would do. Yet for all his kindness, he did not hesitate to be a warrior and fight for our mountains when it was called for. Gone too soon, we miss him every day. Donadan Gohai, until we meet again. Jim Manasco. There was not one hemlock sheltered overhang or carving or stream in all of the warrior mountains that escaped his witness. He knew the forest and all its secrets. From another time, his was a powerful old medicine. The spirits of the forest loved Jim and he loved them. The trees understood him. He understood the trees. He was a living testimony to the very core of what a wild ethic and wilderness stands for. He is up there now in the fork of the Milky Way, no doubt still telling our stories to anyone that will listen. He was the sun that turned our darkness to bright. Donada Gohai, until we see each other again. Charles Kennedy, in many ways, 
Blue Snake was the heart of the spiritual and grassroots movement that led to lasting positive changes in forest policy that followed. Although ceremony was ongoing in the forest for years before his return, it was his spiritual leadership that brought the Blue and Deer clans and Wild South together into a single unifying force. He brought healing to the land and to the people. Never one to draw back from the edge of darkness, he leapt fearlessly into the sorrows of this world, laughing and weeping as one. And it healed us all. Donadan Gohani. Until we meet again. The Bankhead Movement is a powerful model of how local people whose roots in this place span generations, in some cases more than six generations, in the Warrior Mountains of North Alabama, how they formed a core group infused with an understanding of themselves in relationship to the Warrior Mountains in which the Bankhead National Forest is located and then added the spokes on the wheel that would create change. A legal strategy, scientific data, media presence, historical record, protests, alliances with other organizations, images of the beauty of the forest, the formation of an organization that would be called the Bankhead Monitor, and later Wild Alabama, and later still Wild South. The financial support from donors and magazine subscribers, and perhaps most importantly, the heart of the wild manifested in this group, so that they could take on adversity and challenge in order to protect a place that cannot be replaced, that has already been damaged, and might well have been destroyed completely. A place that is a national forest, a place that belongs to each of us and to all of us and to none of us, a place that should be supported and appreciated and enjoyed, where we can marvel in the miracle of wilderness. This was how the movement came together and progressed and succeeded. Many others contributed enormously to the success of the Bankhead movement, including Pat and Farron Weeks, active members of the Blue Clan of the Ochoa Cherokee when the Bankhead Monitor formed. Pat and Farron played important roles in both the Blue Clan, and in the Bankhead Monitor. Pat served in the tribal government and was an original Bankhead Monitor Wild Alabama board member. For a time, she even ran the Warrior Mountains Trading Post at Ran. Farron Weeks emceed many powwows and formed the White Horse Singers. He also drummed for the Blue Clan dance team. Attorney Ray Vaughn, the founder of Wild Law. Ray brought lawsuits that forced a shift in U.S. Forest Service policies. 
that contained the rights of the forest and of the people in legal challenges that were successful and changed the future of the Bankhead National Forest. Ned Mudd, the founder of the Alabama Wilderness Alliance, who worked to join organizations together to fight for wild places in Alabama. Rob Cox, whose commitment, art, and design talent helped Wild Alabama's nationwide appeal as the movement gained traction. Lloyd Clayton, whose regular support for Wild Alabama was a strong base upon which the movement could develop as the bank had monitor and as Wild Alabama. You may notice the presence of Native American spirituality in some of the interviews. In Alabama, the unjust and cruel removal of the Native American people forced them from their ancestral homelands, including from the Warrior Mountains, on what came to be called the Trail of Tears. Many remained, however, and their sacred heart centered in the land did not die, but remained vibrant and fundamental. Sacred ritual framed the Bankhead movement, inspired the movement, guided the movement. This ritual cultivates reverence for creation, respect for the creative and healing power of our earth, for all beings, including those whose limited understanding of well-being is based in violent and self-destructive behavior expressed as clear cuts and mining operations. And for so many non-native people, the power of the wilderness is evident and compelling. In a letter to Elizabeth Estelle, the Southern Regional Forester of the Forest Service, Wild Law Attorney Ray Vaughn wrote, Please do not think that our actions or words are personal attacks upon you or your staff. We may sometimes speak harshly about what we dislike about Forest Service actions. But what we are doing is not a job or a career to us. It is our life's passion. We love these forests. So long as the Forest Service continues to treat the wild places we love and revere as resources to be micromanaged and manipulated endlessly, we will be at odds and often in direct conflict. Still, that does not mean that we cannot be cordial and friendly in person as we understand that you have a job to do with many demands, some often conflicting. But the demands on us are not conflicting, and our vision and purpose are clear. I'm including the two trailers that preceded the series just for your listening pleasure, because it's so marvelous to hear clips from the interviews put together.
Present Tense Media presents The Fight for Alabama's Last Wild Places. They couldn't do it fast enough, so they decided, well, hey, it worked in Vietnam. Why can't we fly helicopters over and spray Agent Orange, you know, over the forest up here? And they did that. I didn't get any candy from Granddaddy. I got hickernut. He said, I know what you're passing out. He said, I've seen it and I've read it and I don't like it. And he asked the grandmothers to bless this land, to bless this place. What represents Native America. This is the last things we've got, the last places in Alabama that represent Native America. We started as a small group of people that wanted to save a tree. Being in the wilderness and being able to navigate myself across vast expanses of wilderness with only a mouth and a compass. So those Indian drums spoke and they were heard. Launches April 22nd on Earth Day. Subscribe on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or on Spotify. We were like a little band of warriors that were fighting against the, uh, the big enemy. Mother, I feel you under my feet. Mother, I feel your heart beat. Present Tense Media presents The Fight for Alabama's Last Wild Places. Breathing in that air and, and my feet in that soil, all that medicine, all that power is encoded in me. I lived within five miles of where my ancestors lived in the late 1700s. Just think a little small bunch of rednecks in Alabama getting the National Park Service, the National Forest Service executives from Washington down here riding around and getting dusty on dirt roads. Let's sing beautiful things that we want to be into being. And I said, you can't just create wilderness areas. I said, you can protect them, but you can't create them. It was just a perfect time for a certain group of people to get together. There was all kinds of threats being made, of violence, of getting your ass whipped at public meetings, people shouting and everything else. The lodge was like all of a sudden massive, huge, because you could hear flap, 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 We have to ask that energy and those beings and those trees and those symbols to stay with us. 
was a bunch of native people coming together and meeting with the Forest Service and basically telling them, we're going to shut it down. And we did. Listen to the voices of the people who formed a movement to save the wilderness. The fight for Alabama's last wild places launches on April 22nd on Earth Day. You can listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. The trailers are also available online, as are all 12 interviews, plus a bonus episode from Janice Barrett on the history of the Warrior Mountains. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, and at greenbucketpress.com backslash present-tense-podcast. I hope that you'll subscribe, follow, rate, and review us. I offer deep thanks to Janice Barrett of Wild South, who was an advisor, partner, and midwife to this series. Check out the important work of Wild South at wildsouth.org. Thanks to the truly tireless efforts of those interviewed. The Warriors for the Wild, Lamar Marshall, Ricky Butch Walker, Charles Borden, Bob Crow, Greg Preston, Tara Manasco, Ruth Manasco, Charles Seafried, Larry Smith, Vince Molesky, Chief Billy Gray Fox Shaw, Janice Barrett, and the many more who supported the movement in myriad ways. The flute that you hear in Tara Manasco's naming is made by James Gilliland a Native American artist and flute maker who retired from the space program in Huntsville, Alabama as a senior design engineer. He uses his engineering skills and Native American heart to create a river cane bamboo flute that sings. To learn more about Jim and his flutes, go to his website at jimgilliland.com flutes.com. That's J-I-M-G-I-L-L-I-L-A-N-D flutes.com. Thanks to cellist Craig Haltgren for our theme music. Thanks to Farron Weeks and the White Horse Singers, which has been our episode music. Most profound gratitude for the wisdom of this wild world and for the teachers who train us in listening. If you have stories about the Bankhead movement that you'd like to share, 
please send them as documents or sound files to hello at greenbucketpress.com. To see photographs, documents, and articles from the Bankhead Movement, go to greenbucketpress.com backslash present dash tense dash podcast. Present tense tells stories that need to be told. Because we do not have advertisers, we rely on the generosity of listeners. You can donate on our homepage at greenbucketpress.com. We all have a right to clean air, clean water, and wild places. Let's work together to protect them. Until next time. Whoa!